for you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair with the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual line. You're tuned in to Casually Molly with Molly and Bergie. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergy. Uh, I am back in studio today from the last two episodes being remote. And I'm very, very excited to introduce our next guest. If you're watching, you can see her. The New York Times calls her math professor by day, conjurer by night. Give it up for magician Tori Nokes. Woo! Hi, thank you for having me. This is uh, awesome. Yeah, of course. What's going on? Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and uh, where you're at right now? <laughs> yeah, so um, I am a math professor. I'm at Indiana University here in Bloomington, Indiana, um, which is a very pretty college town in the forest, if you're not familiar, which I was not before I moved here because I'm from the West Coast. But it's, uh, it's pretty yeah. great. But I have this... Uh, very um, different side of my double life where I'm also a magician. <laughs> yes, and I, I love it. Yeah, and I, do, I don't really do that here. So I, I, a week ago, I was in Hollywood at the Magic Castle performing um, for seven nights in a row, which is an insane engagement. Um, so I came back very, very tired and had to get back to my normal life as a professor. So it's kind of a, uh, it's very disjoint. Uh, yeah, but that's, I didn't even realize it was a seven night production. How many shows did you do per night? So the booking is for four shows a night, but it varies on like how busy it is. So I did a total of 20. Oh so, my God. What? Yeah, I'm very tired <laughs> <guess>. still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been back for a week, I guess. Did I get back a week ago? Oh my God. I don't even know. Yeah. I came back on Labor Day. Yeah. I've been oh, back wow. for one week. I'm still recovering. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. 20 shows. I mean, how, now yeah. how long are the magic shows per show? Like how many minutes? Each show is between 15 and 20 minutes. Okay. So you have, they start every 45 minutes. So you do your show, you reset, and keep going. So most nights, I only had two nights where I did all four. So, okay. it, you know, it because it, it's not that busy yet because, you know, people are still wary of Yeah. Yeah. Out. So, yeah, but... It was, uh, no, it's really great though. There's something to be said for doing the same show 20 times in a row. You really perfect it. Like you learn all the beats and all the moments and like exactly how audiences are going to behave. So yes. that's a gift really in a lot of ways, but it's, yeah, it's grueling. So. <laughs> But what's yeah. great is that, you know, you have the talent, you obviously love it. Um, I mean, that is a really amazing venue to be a part of. Um, how, like, how, like, how long have you been? I'm like stuttering because I'm so excited to talk to you about this. <laughs> I, like, I just think, I just, exactly. Well, first of all, you look adorable. You have like this oh, beautiful sparkly shirt on. Oh, so yeah, you already have magic top. happening. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a confession to make though. About five minutes before I signed on, I realized that there was a video component which I didn't figure out. So okay. I changed out of my pajamas and put this on. So you're welcome. Uh, you look great. I mean, basically I'm in a jumpsuit right now, which is basically pajamas. And then I threw mm. on a blazer to make sure I looked professional for this. So. Very professional. Uh, very I'm, professional. I'm feeling the, the interviewer vibe. That's good. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so um, the Magic Castle is a it's it's this private club in Hollywood, right? So it was established in the '60s, and you can't just go; you have to like 
be invited by a member or somehow find a way in. So you can't just like show up in LA and buy a ticket. So that's kind of the whole thing. Yeah. And um, they have a really strict dress code. So you have to be in cocktail attire. So I have like a jillion nice dresses because I can like justify it, which is one of my favorite things about it. Um, And yeah, so I started... um, so unlike a lot of magicians, I didn't do magic as a kid at all. I was kind of a science kid, as evidenced by my career as a mathematician. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But when I was when I was 22, I was living in LA, and I guess my mom sort of um, she had a way in. It was like my mom was at a conference in uh, in LA somewhere, and then somebody in the conference had like was a member or had access to like bring a group of people in. Like there was some roundabout way I was able to get in. Um, and so I went, my mom called me and she's like, do you want to go to this thing? I don't don't really know what it is. I was like, yes. Cause I'd heard about it, you know? Sure. And it was just so cool and interesting. And I got to dress up and it's this like really neat old mansion, um, overlooking, like it's just North of Hollywood Boulevard. And it's just, it's, it's really glamorous and really kind of mysterious and interesting. And I just like wanted to be part of it. So I immediately signed up for the classes and started learning magic and uh, here we are so that was in 2010 that uh, this began yeah um i didn't start performing professionally until about 2019 um kind of did a phd in the middle of that so i was (laughs) a little bit busy so that's what i said to tori i was like so you have done everything like i was joking earlier i was like oh this professor over here but for real though like I am just so impressed by your whole resume. I was like, she's a professor. Now you're telling me you have a PhD. And then on top of it, you're a magician. And what we were talking about before we started recording was that, um, you know, I love seeing women doing great things, obviously. And, you know, being a comedian, I'm kind of in a male-dominated profession. Of course, Um, yes. So that's what I was saying. I don't really see, and not to say, like, I don't see a lot of women magicians, but I've always seen, when I watched Magic, uh, not to, you know, make this uh, question so long, but I always saw, like, the woman next to the guy, and she was always kind of like a show, like, kind of like a show horse or a show pony to the magician. So seeing you and, like, this beautiful (sighs) gown, you're, like, you have, like, this, I mean, we were supposed to do that show together, obviously, unfortunately. It was the beginning of March when COVID first happened but not to bring that down but what I've loved seeing you do is you know now I see why you have all these pretty gowns I'm like maybe that's just her style and she loves it no. but <laughs> no that's for what yeah I uh, I love it yeah, though I love fact, seeing you my, do it my, yeah thank you it's you know if you looked at um like you know the the billing the week I was at the castle so they're these week-long engagements and they have several different showrooms so there's usually about eight performers who are booked in a given week and if you look at the week of mine it's very much one of these things is not like the others yeah <laughs> I was the only woman booked my week and mm-hmm. you know and that's not that doesn't speak of the venue or sure. anything specific it's just the field you know there's there's so few women who are uh, encouraged in it, I guess. I mean, I'm kind of the wrong person to ask, right? Because I'm exactly a woman who did pursue magic. So like, but um, it's definitely, I've definitely watched a major improvement just in the 10, 11 years I've been doing it. Um, Just with like, people at least trying to be nicer about it. But you pointed out something really important, which is that not only are women underrepresented, but historically, they've played a very specific role as not the magician. So that that's like a whole different uphill battle because I mean, as a mathematician, that's also male dominated, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it's a different, it's, I mean, 
it's a different thing in a lot of ways because there wasn't a role that women were in and expected to be in. They just weren't there. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a different thing. So yeah, yeah but it, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of improvement and it's continuing to get better. It's just slow, like anything. Yeah. Mm, oh yeah. So, slow improvement. <laughs> there's a, I, but what I appreciate about you is you're part of that improvement and you are like pursuing magic. I can obviously tell you love it. I, not just cause you're just smiling in every picture, but, um, <laughs> right. I was about to say, do you have any, you know, I don't know too much about the magic world, but are there any p people or magician wise that you look up to that you're like, Oh, that they were somebody that I idolized growing up. I wanted to be them. Um, yeah. So, well, I guess, I mean, this is, this is about to be a bit of a sad story. So I'm just warning. Um, it's okay. but that, okay, good. So that, um, I'm here for you, that, girl. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it. No. So that first night I went to the magic castle when I was 22, I didn't, I didn't know a ton about magic. Like I, I, like I said, I didn't do it as a kid. I didn't like, I hadn't really been exposed to it. Cause it's kind of a weird specific art form, right? Like a lot, you know, you ask the average person, like, Oh, have you ever been to a magic show? Like maybe, or like yeah. you've seen it at a birthday party or what, you know, like it's, yeah. it's not, people aren't really exposed to it that much, like just on average. So, mm -hmm. um, when I, when I went that first time, I thought this was all really cool and interesting. And then the very last show of the night, um, was, uh, in this room. So the rooms are organized by size of audience. So, there's the Palace of Mystery, which is like the big stage where you see like big being sawed in half and stuff like this. And then there's the Parlor of Prestidigitation, which is okay. medium size. Yeah, that's a word. It's I was like, presto, wow. Like, yeah, I, 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 I was like 60% sure I was going to get through get through the whole word without Killing stumbling. it. Killing it. Better uh, than thank me. You, thank you. <laughs> um, it's one I've had to say a lot, but it's like uh, presto means fast, and then digitation is hands, so it's like fast hands. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, learning. Yes, I, I'm uh, anyway, definitely that, learning. <laughs> that room, good, good. That's my whole thing. Um, that room seats about 60, and it's usually performed standing, so it's a little smaller. Um, and then the room that I perform in and the type of magic I specialize in is called the close-up gallery, which is exactly what it sounds like. And uh, it only seats 25, 26. Um, and it's, you know, this is things like card tricks and coins and like small everyday objects that you see that you're like right there. So that night that I went, um, the very last show of the night, it was probably after midnight, was in this close-up room. And um, oftentimes they'll do a thing where they'll pick a spectator to sit at the table with a magician and that person kind of picks cards or does whatever like on behalf of the audience. Um, so I got picked to sit at the table and it was just like absolutely the coolest thing I'd ever like seen or been part of. Um, and it was this magician named Luis who um, he did a lot of like really amazing coin magic and he was just so cool and nice. And so when I went home that night I signed up for the classes at the Magic Castle because I wanted to learn magic right away. And I emailed him and told him just like what an important experience this was for me and how I'd never seen anything like this and I just wanted to be part of it. And so uh, maybe, let's see, this was in February. So the following July, I had taken, I don't know, 10 weeks worth of the courses and I auditioned to become a magician member. So I mentioned you have to be like a member to go. Mm -hmm. So there's two types of membership. You can be an associate member, which just means you pay the dues like any private club, or you can be a magician member, which means you have to audition and like pass a series of criteria that you're like a serious magician. Oh, wow. Um, 
And so, yeah, and honestly, like my magician member audition at the Magic Castle was like scarier than my PhD defense. It was so stressful. <laughs> like wow. it's it's really intense. So, but once you become a magician member, there are lectures and you can there's an amazing library and like there's a lot of like perks. So, okay. In any case, I did that and then the next time I saw him was at a lecture at the castle. He's like, "Oh my god, it's you. You were totally serious." I was like, yep, here I am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, and since then, he was always like a kind of a mentor figure. So he wasn't like a magic teacher in the most traditional sense, but like he always kind of showed me the ropes and would like watch me perform and give me tips and stuff like this. Um, and then the very first time I got booked in a showroom to headline at the Magic Castle, he was in the, he was, so they're in like time slots, right? So I was like performing mm -hmm. early and he was performing late. So we actually shared that week, which was just so cool. It was such a like great full circle that he'd kind of been looking out for me the whole time. So I guess as far as magicians I've looked up to, he, he's like the first person who really introduced me to the magic world and then was supportive all throughout, which was really awesome. Um, and I guess the sad part of this story is that we lost him to COVID in January. So that's been oh, pretty hard on me this year. Tori, yeah. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. But you know, so. in a beautiful way, what keeps him alive is the fact that you have that story to tell about him. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always, you know, I always think of him, especially when I'm booked at the Magic Castle, because that's sort of how I started right there with him. So yeah, I definitely want to, you know, <laughs> yeah. honor him in all of my magical pursuits. He was always there for me and like to continue the art form because it, you know, obviously it was very important to him. So I'm happy to carry on his legacy as I can. But oh, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's there. I feel like one of the reasons that I pursued magic as seriously as I did in the time in my life when I did was that I had like the right combination of people encouraging me and he was definitely one of them. So that's something I try to bring forward too, especially as a woman in magic, especially mm -hmm. as a woman of color in magic. Mm -hmm. Like I, I try to, you know, like when there's people who are new and interested, I always want to encourage everybody because like it's, I mean, by the nature of the art form, there's huge barrier to entry because it's secret right yeah. like <laughs> yeah that's yeah. built into it it's not just the normal like ego and posturing of any performance art it's also mm -hmm. this like oh well should we let you in it's secret so yeah. I, mm -hmm. I i try to like pass that on when i have the opportunity because it's tough out there as mm -hmm. you know as a performance artist just that alone yeah and it's like it's hard like for me that's why i was like you know i had these questions down and i was kind of like how does one even become a magician i was like i really i really don't know because i'm not too familiar with it i've seen my background on magic is just really seeing things on tv and then seeing you of course do stuff too right so but that's what i love is that i'm like oh cool i know somebody that's a part of it i already feel like i've learned so much and speaking of the legacy portion i had mentioned earlier in the beginning the New York Times recognized you. You had an article that you were featured in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, we had a show booked in St. Louis on March 13th, 2020. Yeah. Which if everybody will look back in their diaries, that was uh, <laughs> when we all closed up. So like, that got canceled. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> done. Um, I'm still waiting for it to get rebooked so yeah I'm, absolutely i'll be there That's, yeah <laughs> amanda where you at girl <laughs> yeah. hey we're here we're ready we're ready to um, go amanda <laughs> so 
you know, I had been preparing for the show because I perform magic kind of sporadically. Like I just did this week in Hollywood, but my next booking is not until November because okay. I have a day job, which is yeah, a very intense day yeah. career. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, right. Um, so I had this show like locked and loaded. I was ready to perform. Like we didn't cancel till the day before. So I was like, yep. okay, well, I have all my props and stuff ready to go. I want to do a show. And so I got on Facebook Live, which is a terrible mm-hmm. platform, turns out, but nobody knew how to use Zoom yet. So it was, it's not that, I, I mean, I just say it's terrible because it's really laggy. So you can't have more than one video feed on and mm-hmm. the comments are like 30 seconds to a minute later than when they're made. So yeah. it's <laughs> it's just not good for interacting live. Like. Yeah. So I hopped on Facebook Live and had about 100 people join in and watch me do my little tricks. And then I made this very ambitious declaration that I would continue every week as long as we're shut down. Right. (laughs) Who knew? No one did. (laughs) So I kept that up for about 10 weeks, which was a lot. And I challenged myself to do different material every week, which made it really hard. Yeah. Uh, but it also made me work on a bunch of new and old material, which was really good for me because, you know, it's easy to just like do the same stuff over <laughs> yeah. and over and over. So yeah. yeah, it actually kind of like sparked my like working on a lot of new material that wound up in like my castle show this go around. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was a good thing. But uh, sometime maybe two months into that, the New York Times reached out to me and said, um, that they were writing, some lady said she's like writing an article about Zoom magic and wondered if she could come to one of my, sh- or online magic, I guess. We hadn't even really gotten to Zoom yet, but yeah. like, inter- you know, live stream magic, I guess. Um, and yeah, we, uh, I don't know, she came to my show and then I got a nice little mention in the article. And it, was, it wasn't like a full article about me. It was about yeah. like various performers who were doing like live stream. Mm-hmm. in the early days but um, you were one of them girl yeah, yeah i'm excited right. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a real nice quote for like my instagram bio <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty happy about it yeah yeah i mean yeah. what an honor i mean i grew up reading the new york times like before it was yeah. even on the internet i would read like the paper version awesome. yeah we yeah. my mom would want to take me to like the coffee shop or at the time mcdonald's even would have it in like the little and before now yeah, you can order little, it to your yeah. door yeah exactly in the little box yeah, that people are watching yeah we're like here's yeah, our this is these one. are my magic <laughs> hands tory we're like right. here's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i'm like here's that and now i'm like reading it online and i i was just so impressed that you know you had somebody obviously your reach has done so well um what i'll ask you too is you've been you obviously talked about los angeles your upcoming show is going to be in chicago that's right yeah why don't you tell us about that i also know it's my birthday weekend so maybe i'll just drive up to chicago Chicago. (laughs) i'll I'll get you tickets it'll be amazing yeah so um, 31 i did my oh nice (laughs) prime number like Prime it. number. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm okay, taking it. Uh, You're a mathematician, so I'm going to yeah, take it expert. as a prime number. Yeah. So <laughs> it is. But go um, ahead. Sorry, not to make so, this about right. me. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so there's a venue in Chicago called the Chicago Magic Lounge, which um, it started, or the group started in 2015. I, I I went to grad school in Chicago, so I lived in Chicago for six years. Um, and was kind of around for the start of this thing. And then, of course, I moved away. I moved to L.A. Um, And then, uh, yeah, they got their own 
space in 2017 and it's really cool it's like this old laundromat facility or like industrial laundry or something so you like enter through this yeah it's like a bunch of washing machines and they're real and they work and then it's like a secret entrance and you go in and uh it's a magic venue <laughs> yeah what? it's really really cool yeah oh, it's that awesome. is so, so cool i love that yeah. kind of stuff yes yeah so and this is actually the case in the magic castle as well there's like a bookcase with a little owl on it named Artemis and you go to the owl and you say open sesame and the bookcase opens. So this is just like a thing. Excuse me. Um, oh, you're fine. This is a thing in uh, magic. Oh, hi. Um, <laughs> also, here's here's my lovely assistant who's having a meltdown. So. Oh, hi, kitty cat. What's uh, yeah, is it a boy, girl? It's a she. Her name's she. Lily. Hi, Lily. She's very cranky. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, no, I love when it. So sometimes I told you dogs and cats make a yeah. casual appearance on this podcast. Yeah, so if you're she's watching she's it, casual. Yes, yeah. Lily making a casual appearance. I love it. We yeah. all love cats, so it's fine. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that face. I know she's yes. a little bit cranky. I think she wants her dinner, but we're. I I'm don't busy. blame her. Can you? All right. Well, later. Okay. No, you want to come <laughs> to the desk? Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> So yes, um, we were saying. Yes, <laughs> right. So the Chicago Magic Lounge, which, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just a really cool venue. So they have they also have several different rooms. Like they have bar magic and they have a big stage. And then they have okay. a close-up room, which is where I'll be performing because that's the kind of magic I do, um, called the 654 Club. And it's just, it's an incredible venue because it's very new. And so, and it's designed with magicians in mind. So all the tech is really great. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful place to perform. And of course I love Chicago because I lived there for a long time. So oh, yeah. it's, you, you kind of can't go wrong. It's so yeah, that's coming up. I will be there November 4th through 7th. So, and you have to get, there's like different levels of tickets, I guess. So just make sure if, if you're coming, which anyone who can should, because it's really fun and cool, um, that you get a ticket such that you have access to the 654 Club, because that's, okay. the, that's the close-up room. That's where I'll be performing. So. Very, very cool. Uh, just curious, because you know you said there's different types of magic. What yeah. made you decide to do close-up magic? Why did you choose that? Or do you just do all of it? Explain to me, because no, obviously I'm ignorant. I do not I do all of it. No, no, no. <laughs> That's actually a really, really good question, because it's kind of one of those things where, like, yeah, I guess as a layperson, it's like, oh, magic is magic, right? Right, but, yeah. But <laughs> um, one of the reasons I do close-up magic is the props. So, like, I can go to CVS and buy a deck of bicycle cards, rather than like have a giant you know box whatever stage magic illusion which are you know extremely expensive and really hard to transport so <laughs> yeah i yeah. Uh, i i had when i was packing up on my last night at the magic castle last week um i was like going back and forth like loading up the car and i mentioned this to some of my fellow close-up magicians or just fellow magicians at least and I was like yeah you guys I gotta go I gotta pack up the car and they were like what do you mean you have to pack up the car aren't you a close-up magician I was like well yeah but I'm a girl so I have like a bunch of pairs of shoes and like yeah <laughs> all right. this different stuff <laughs> yeah so it's kind of a yeah but yeah partly it's the props um really it's just the part of magic that I was attracted to when I first started so like I just that was what I was most excited about um I love playing cards so yeah. that's yeah that's just kind of how that um came to be i guess but yeah part of it is access so um as what uh is sort of termed a hobbyist which i was for many years before i started doing this professionally um you know it's expensive 
So, and especially the larger the illusion, the more expensive. So, you know, that's, that alone is a barrier to entry. So yeah. um, the thing I like about close-up magic and sort of one of the ways I approach it in particular, sort of aesthetically, is I like the idea that this is just like stuff you find around your house. This is like the deck of cards everyone has in their junk drawer in their kitchen yeah. or the coins or whatever. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that's how I um, kind of wound up in that <laughs> branch yeah yeah absolutely i know i was just like sitting up here and i tried to put my hands down as i'm listening I'm like absolutely <laughs> uh, but no i think that's really cool that you you have something that you enjoy like that and i i love that you mentioned hobbyist because sometimes i feel like something that you just do like as a hobby or something you're interested in can grow to a professional absolutely. level absolutely yeah. yeah i had no idea i had mm -hmm. no idea like when i started i just wanted to learn card tricks because i thought it was really cool and interesting yes. i didn't think i'd be performing on like huge stages across the country like this was not yes. like this was not <laughs> in the plan but yes. you know it just I, I like i mean i think this is a sort of my personality type <laughs> that when i have like an interest that i'm pursuing i go like all the way yeah so, Absolutely. Um, I feel the same exact way. Once yeah. I'm like hooked into something, it's the same with like yeah. comedy and playwriting. Totally. You just are I like, totally see that. Hello. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I can imagine like, I mean, I don't know. You can correct me if this is wrong. When I was a teenager, I spent a lot of time at this open mic that had both comedy and music. Oh, and like, okay. it seemed like there's a lot of people doing comedy that just kind of do it at open mics. And it's just like a thing. It's a hobby mm -hmm. and it's whatever. But then there's oh, yeah. like, I imagine the like crossover to booking that are like paid gigs and stuff like yes. is that like a thing? totally i mean we have that magic too <laughs> oh yeah well that's what it's just the same thing where like a lot of times i'll meet people they're trying out comedy they've seen it on netflix or yeah. youtube or something or they some people are like older and they're like here's something on my bucket list and then there gets to a certain sure. point like i've been doing comedy for five years now and i think there's just oh, a yes. certain point where you're like cool, I'm doing paid gigs, I'm running a podcast, right. you know, I'm hosting yeah. more now, you know, you're trying to get to a certain point. And then, you know, that's another thing I'll ask you too, is like the humility factor. You know, you kind of, uh, you learn that too. At first you're like, okay, cool, I'm gonna do all of the stuff. I mean, and then sometimes you, uh, having these different learning experiences and whatnot, you're like, okay, you know, maybe I should, I've kind of learned that everything's a slow progression, right? And I feel Absolutely. like, yeah, how long have you been doing magic? And when were you kind of being like, okay, cool, now I'm getting to that point where I'm getting paid gigs, I'm starting to do all this work, you know? When yeah. was that kind of transition for you? So, yeah, I started I'm in 2010. <laughs> My, no, I, I feel it. I, I gotcha. We, yeah, so I started in 2010, and then I, um, my first so I've been doing gigs, like kind of volunteering, basically. So one of the actual really big perks um, of the Magic Castle is that they have these um, impromptu spaces. So as a magician member who has auditioned and become, you know, they've sort of vetted you, you can use those spaces and they run kind of like an open mic. So you can just sort of show up and like perform. And so that's like a really amazing perk because it lets you, it, you get like flight time and performance time. Yeah. Um, for audiences that are there to see magic, which is really unique. So, um, you know, I, I've definitely done open mics that are geared towards comedy or music with magic, which, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. It's, it actually usually plays pretty well, but it's also like people are like, what's this? What, what, what are, are we doing? doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I looking at? Yeah. So it's kind of a, you know, so, um, but the majority of my performance experience was stuff like that or like just various 
sort of smallish gigs that I'd like volunteer for or whatever. Um, so my, actually my very first paid gig ever was the Magic Castle, which is kind of a weird, uh, <laughs> weird entry, but it's kind of, it's like how I came up through Magic. So, um, you know, and that had been kind of a dream that I had not taken super seriously. So, you know, I kind of thought like this would be so cool and great to like, you know, be booked at the Magic Castle. And I, you know, had made a video and sent it to the entertainment director a few years before that. And it was kind of like, you know, I, I wasn't yeah. ready. It wasn't. But then uh, after I graduated, um, after I finished my PhD, I moved to LA area. And so I was able to go to the Magic Castle a lot and really hone my act in those impromptu spaces. And then I made another recording and finally like got the nerve to send it in and I got booked right away. So yes. it was just like the right time, like it was ready. Um, and then once I got that booking, that opens a bunch of doors because it's it's sort of magic pedigree, right? Like it's, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that sort of establishes you. Um, that and just the networking in LA. So, yeah. um, you know, I was living in the area at the time and, um, you know, people would see me perform and then give them a business card and then they'd hire me to do like their cocktail parties or their weddings or whatever, like these different kinds okay. of gigs. Wow. So, yeah, that's kind of how I eased into that. So I have the luxury as a person with a day job of not marketing myself at all because it's, you know, I don't need gigs. I just take the ones that I want, which mm -hmm. are usually at magic venues like the Magic Castle and the Chicago yes. Magic Lounge. Um but it, it, so of course I like network and communicate with the people who book those gigs, but I don't, I don't really hustle cause I, I sort of don't need to, or want to, or realistically have time to, yeah. um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how that got started really. And then from there, it just kind of, um, you know, but once you have credential like that, you can sort of build upon it and get different stuff. So yeah, it's kind of. Well, that's how I say, you know, yes, like you are busy. You have a lot of hands and everything. But like I said, I'm always very accomplished by everything that I read about you. What was your, you know, I don't know too much about your PhD. What did you get your PhD in? Yeah, so uh, I'm a mathematician. Yes. And um, yeah, so I study, um, well, okay. So I did my PhD in a branch of formal logic called model theory, which is not what it sounds like. It's um, <laughs> okay. It's, you know, people hear the word model and think like, oh yeah, like a statistical model. It's not that at all. It's, um, okay. the way I like to describe it is it's kind of an abstraction of abstract algebra. So really, it's just really, really pure math. So what it is, is it's kind of, all right, let me give you the elevator spiel. And if I lose anybody listening, like don't be personally offended. Cause uh, no, you're not like, going to lose anybody because this is math. so impressive. You're doing everything. You're doing magic. You're doing math. You have a cat. You're do you're killing it. No, you're I'm doing sorry. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Anyway, so we like basically, all right, here we go. Here comes the spiel. <laughs> so abstract algebra is like, you look at a part of math, like, the integers or polynomial functions or just some collection of mathematical objects that interact with each other. And you look at the rules that those follow. Like, so say you look at the integers. Well, if you add zero to anything, you just get back the same number. Or if you do A plus B, that's the same as B plus A. Or like, you know, you distill down these rules that the structure follows. And so that's one level of abstraction is you just look at that collection of rules and say, okay, well, what other parts of math behave the same way? And what do I know has to necessarily follow just from this information? So you kind okay. of like abstract that out. So that's one level of abstraction. 
And then the next level of abstraction comes out of formal logic where you take those rules and you only write them down using certain symbols. So in this way, it's loosely related to computer science mm -hmm. or like theoretical computer science. If you think of like a computer can only write certain symbols sure. and functions mm -hmm. and stuff. So you, you write those rules down just with like certain symbols in a certain really specific way. And then what you can do is study how those symbols interact if they're following these very strict like okay. sort of regulations about how you're allowed to use them. And then get information about what that says about the rules you wrote down, which then gives you information about the mathematical structures. Okay. So that's that's kind of the spiel. No, so, I, I find this fascinating. And I don't mean to interrupt you. Do no, you that, kind of feel you're like, I'm done. But do that, you feel yeah, as far as I can go? <laughs> no, and I understand it's like a whole PhD yeah. of information that you had to right. just do I, in I, five I, minutes. I've been doing yeah. this for like 15 years. Yeah. Um, what I find interesting, you were talking about, you know, retrieving the abstract, and that's kind of what you do in magic is that you oh absolutely yes you yeah, kind of feel like your PhD so. and your magician career kind of work hand in hand together. Totally, totally. I even use this as pattern in my act a little bit, but it's completely honest that um, in some ways, like, so here's how I like to kind of explain it is that when okay. I'm doing like research in math, it kind of, it's just like made up, right? Like it's just, we make up this math stuff and we sort of like dig around in this made up universe and it's like, okay, if these are the rules, then what has to happen and what can we figure out and how do okay. these things act? And like, I think I, it, at, at, after a certain level, it requires a lot of creativity because you have to think like, okay, well, what's a way to think about these things or what can we construct to sort of give us information? Um, and I think, about, I think about magic in very much the same way. It's sort of this very strange type of creativity where you want to say like, okay, I can like think of a thing, but it's not like confined to reality, right? So like as an example, in math, you can like go up to arbitrary dimensions, right? So like we live in a three-dimensional world, or if you draw on a piece of paper, that's two dimensions, or if you just are moving on a line, that's one dimension. But you can like do, you know, expand upon that analogously and think of like n-dimensional space or infinite dimensional space and like do different stuff you want to do, okay. right? So I think there's something kind of analogous about how I think about magic sometimes when I'm trying to like create a new thing. And it's like, okay, I want to have an effect where something happens and then this card that was picked here appears here. How okay. can that happen, right? So it's like you're not confined to like the normal regulations of reality, mm -hmm. but then the the problem solving process is like, okay, now I need to go into like the mechanical skill of sleight of hand and figure out how to like do this. Okay. So yeah, yes. it's somewhere in the same. Like, oh weird my gosh, space. I feel like I've learned so much just listening to you right now, and I oh, can thank see. You. Well, the thing is, it also speaks volumes about you because you also like don't confine to you know the reality of the situation. Like I've never met somebody who I mean, and I'm sure there's other people. It's just you're the first one that I've met, but I've never met somebody who's got like all of these talents and. And they're also a magician. Like I always meet people and I talk about this a lot on my podcast, but it, they're like, I either feel like I have to be this person or I have to be this person and I can't be anything in between. And you are 
going in between those blurred lines and I am just so Thank impressed you. by that. Yeah. It's actually kind of hard. It's yeah. weird too. <laughs> right? Like it's, you know, because I I usually don't talk about one with the other and vice versa. Like I don't talk about magic at work a lot or like yeah. with students even. And everybody kind of knows it's like a thing I do, but they don't really know it's like that I'm like serious about it. Yeah. And kind of similarly in in the magic world. So like people know I'm a mathematician, but a lot of people don't even really know what mathematician means right they're like oh so you, do you do you teach what high school like right what yeah <laughs> is not, which is not I, I that is not a shot at teaching high school that's an important career but mm -hmm, they, yeah. they have no idea what the bulk of the work that I do in my actual job is sure because like, it's not relatable at all nobody knows what that is so it's you know it's just kind of this like really disjoint existence and of course just geographically like all of my magic community friends are in LA or Chicago. Um, and you know, I'm out here in the forest of Bloomington. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, um, but I bet it's yeah, a beautiful so it's, place to kind of unplug a minute, you know, and oh, take it totally. in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had like a really fun weekend going to the farmer's market and library and just look at you girl. Yeah, what right. are you in like stars a, hollow? What's going local. on? Yeah. yeah pretty, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Rode my bike and just, yeah, it's, you know, I'm very charmed by the novelty of small town living still, which I'm just going to try to keep being charmed by that because it's all very foreign too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I love that you're doing all these amazing things. Um, oh, thank you. Oh, of obviously like i said when you agreed to come on i was like oh my god i can't believe i yeah. oh, this is so cute i i'm so i'm just so amazed by everything you do i know i keep saying that but i just love i oh. i mean and when am i gonna be able to talk about magic with somebody i'm so pumped <laughs> yeah no i i mean i i like it too so you're, yeah you're, you're like what yeah, yeah exactly i love I'm talking here. about magic yeah i love talking about magic uh, but speaking of talking about magic, what I do always kind of ask people is, did you ever have a show or an experience in magic that really made an impact on you? It could be funny. It can be positive. It could be, I mean, it could be negative. Just uh, is there a show that kind of pops out when you ask that question that was just a memorable uh, experience for you? Hmm. That is a good question. And there's probably a lot well, of them. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... Every show is a different experience. So I'm going to get all philosophical for like two seconds and I'll bring it back to normal talk. But That's like okay. one, of the, one of the things I really love about performance art in particular of any art form is that, you know, you can do the same show 20 times in a week like I just did. And uh, every single one is a little bit different. You know, they're different people and they have different reactions. And like it, it's, it's a completely unique experience every single time between like performer and audience, which I think you know, it's why I like to consume performance art as well. Um, Cause you know, that that's like a really special neat thing. Um, so the sort of high level answer your question is all of them, <laughs> but not, no. Um, let's see, I, oh man, this is a tough one. I, um, well, I guess, Okay, I'll start with a negative one that's kind of funny, but also scary. It was, okay. um, I was performing in Hollywood, and it was very late, um, like after midnight, and it was Saturday night, and people had been drinking quite a lot, which was fine. Yeah. Um, and there was this one guy, and I was n not new to magic. I'd probably been in it for maybe four or five years, so like newish. Um, like I had a show, and you know, but... Um, and this guy like was really drunk and he was kind of mumbling to himself 
and it was like sitting maybe a couple of rows back and it was just you know it was late night whatever i, I didn't really think about it too much mm-hmm. and this other dude just lit into it I was like dude you need to shut up she's doing her show and i was like whoa all right Completely whoa hold on a second like that, i don't know no and then at some point it came to blows one of them hit the other one i, I didn't catch which because it was kind of but I was like, okay, you both need to get out of here like right now. This is not. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what? so that was probably my most memorable on the negative side show experience. <laughs> it was I mean, so weird. It was like late then, shows like, are after, always interesting. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure comedians see all kinds of stuff like this. It was just yeah. like. I I didn't even know how to handle it. I was just like, okay, please, just all of you need to shut up. Like I don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was really really weird um yeah um but <laughs> my um okay yeah so that, that that was the negative one i guess uh and then like <laughs> afterwards i was like waiting for my car at the that's valet, what i was gonna and, ask like, yeah yeah and the guy who was yelling at the other guy like came up to me he's like hey i was trying to help you i was like no i don't i don't want to talk to you i don't i don't want anything to do with this like no i'm was, i'm out of this one <laughs> like, yeah this is nothing to do with me you can I'm going to do yeah. some magic and you're going to disappear. Okay, yeah, great. Thanks. Just, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, man. It was real weird. Um, I guess on a positive side, this, this okay. is going to be a, sap, a little sappy answer, but um, it was my most recent Magic Castle booking, just being back with a live okay. audience for the first time in like 18 yes! months. So yes! that felt so good. It was just like, you know, just pulling back the curtain like they're there and i can hear them and i can see them it just like you know and it's a little bit sappy but like it's super true just that like being in front of other human beings after Mm -hmm. so long it was like you know performing has always been like a really important you know thing i like to do yeah and of course you know i get it in my day job too i teach so like that's a level of performance in some sense, yes. or at least it's like a similar type of human interaction, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had had none of that for a very long time, like all of us. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just getting to actually dress up and not be like in a nice top and pajamas, uh, <laughs> bare yeah. feet, you know, actually put on a pair of high heels for a change. It was, you know, that just like was just like a sigh of relief after so long. So yeah, I guess that's my my like positive one. I love that though. Yeah, no, sometimes at a late show, I've done plenty of late shows and that's, that sometimes happens. I haven't had anybody hit, but I do have like, sometimes we'll have hecklers and they try to say something. Oh yeah. And people really want to jump on those people. But the best advice that you can just give on that, just let like, you know, you handle it or let security handle it. Just don't feel like you have to jump in. Yeah. (laughs) It's a tough one too. Like, I mean, we get hecklers too. I'm sure not as much as you do in comedy, but it does happen. And usually I try to just like keep the rest of the audience on my team. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way to do it. Yeah. It's largely what I do when I'm teaching too. Like people are like talking or something like, Hey guys, look, there's a show. Can you just like be cool for like eight more minutes? Like, you know, and then so, we'll be done. Sort of, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Make sort of a joking, not joking joke out of it. It's like, okay, you need to shut up, but also I'm not going to be mean about it, but like also just shut up. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, I'm not trying to be rude, but also it's, yeah. it's, it's very much, we had a whole episode about hecklers and like dealing with oh, them. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, it out. Oh yeah. Awesome. Such an art form. Oh yeah. JC Sabala. Yeah. He's a local comedian oh, here cool. and he nice. is fantastic at like handling people i was like you have to come on my podcast and talk about this yeah yeah oh totally 
has anybody yeah. ever like you know speaking of hecklers has anybody like blown the trick for you or they're like i know what's going on or like is this what's going to happen next at all yeah a little bit not <laughs> a little bit not too bad sometimes like they'll sort of try to spoil a reveal they'll be like yeah. oh all the card's gonna be over here you know whatever <laughs> And I usually have a few lines for that, like, oh, mm, spoiler alert, geez, or, you know, usually it's well-intending, though. Like, they're just really excited that yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. oh, I figured out it's going to be this, you know. Um, rarely is it, like, negative, like, well, I know what you did. <laughs> right. And, like, on the occasion that does happen, usually it doesn't happen during a show. So occasionally I've had people, like, come up to me and be like, I figured out this thing. And I'm like, okay. I always just like nod. I'm like, oh yeah, good. Good job. All right, like, yeah. <laughs> you, it's, and, you know, sometimes I take it a little further. I'm like, yeah, you figure it is a trick. Like, <laughs> you know, but I, I, as a general rule, I prefer not to antagonize audience members, even if they're being jerks. Right. But uh, yeah, it's like, okay, you did. Good. Good for you. <laughs> way to be. Like, it's, you know, or sometimes I'll have ones who are like, it's not, it's kind of like, well, it's not, I was going to say, it's kind of mansplaining, but it's not always men who do this. So it's just like condescendingly like, oh, you should know that I could see blah, blah, blah. And like 95% of the time when, you know, these good Samaritans are trying to like help me with my act, they're just straight up wrong. Like, they tell me they saw something that is, like, not how the trick works. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, it's kind of a, like, there's this thing in magic that does happen where sometimes some audience members view this as, like, a threat to their intelligence, which oh, um, okay. you're you're going to a magic show wrong if that's the mindset you're in. But, like, yeah, it's kind of this weird, like, I don't know. It does happen. It's not super common, but there are those those audience members who, like, they feel like if they can't figure it out, they've like failed at watching the show. Like, and I'm like, hi, you're the magician. Just like, wow me. <laughs> that's the right thing. That's what we're here for. Like, that's what I'm here to do. So right. if you're doing anything else, you're doing it wrong. Like, yeah. So that's kind of an interesting, like psychological quirk of just like some audience members. Um, but it's not, it's not super duper common, but it does happen. And it's oh, sure. I, like, I, I'm always just gracious about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, you got good, good job. Yeah, <laughs> like, good for you. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a weird thing. It's because I don't think that's you know there's sort of maybe a stereotype or people kind of say this about like people like, like mathematicians who are like, oh, I have to figure everything out. But right. like, we have to figure all the math out. That's not like a universal life <laughs> property that like right. of all things. But even then, like when I wanted to get into magic. My main thing wasn't figuring it out. I just thought it was so cool and fun and interesting. And I wanted to like keep sharing in it either as the side of the magician or the side of the audience. Like yeah. I still go to magic shows. I love watching magic. Like, yes. Yes. it's you know, so it's not about figuring it out. I mean, you know, people who play music don't have to like know how to play every piece they listen to to enjoy it. Yes. Like, it's, yes. Yeah. I feel that because, I mean, even with comedy, the best way to sometimes learn is to watch somebody. So sometimes I totally. feel that where I go and I'll like watch another comedian. I'm like, oh, I really like their comedic timing and how they do something. Yeah. Or, or even if I, and that's the thing too, what I've learned is that I don't have to be, 
you can always like you want to be like your favorite comedian right like you're like oh it's just like i want to be like my favorite magician but then eventually what you learn is like cool this person inspired me and helped me become the person that i am today just like you were talking about your mentor louise earlier totally yes yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that's i mean i hope ideally that's the sort of the nature of having a community of performance artists that like Mm -hmm. you know and these are sort of these subtleties that are not you know uh taught as specific like parts of the thing you know like it's you're not you you know i mean maybe magic more so than comedy but i'm sure with both like you learn certain sort of rules of the trade like how to do it you know i mean for magic in particular you learn how to like actually do tricks right um but then there's like a lot of intangible stuff you learn along the way and that's largely from just consuming other people's art like Yeah, you know, and figuring out what you like and what works for you. I think that's a big thing, actually, to go back to your question about close-up magic. One of the um, reasons it's what I do is that I I talk. I, I just talk all the time. I'm I'm just constantly talking. And <laughs> great for um, this podcast interview. Great, right? keep, I know. keep coming. Just, keep it coming. Yeah, it. I, I, yeah it's, <laughs> it's all it's all here. Um, and so with close-up magic, you're in proximity to the, to the audience, so I can talk to them. You know, if you're on stage, it's not the same thing. You're through a mic, you can't really hear Mm -hmm. them or whatever. So that's one of the things that attracts me to it is that it kind of suits my personality kind of from like a teaching type perspective and just that I like to talk to people. So (laughs) it's, um, but that's like what suits me, right? So that's like very different for different performers. So yeah, yeah, I think that's something we all have to like kind of figure out. Yes, absolutely. Well, that actually leads me into my last question before we head out here. Um, What is some casual advice that you would give uh, to anybody who's maybe starting out in magic and that would like to pursue it maybe at the level that you're at? Um, Which is a very hmm. great level, by the way. I asked that again, being ignorant and not knowing magic. I'm like, are there levels? Are there suites? What's, I heard there's memberships. What's going on? Yeah, there's (laughs) memberships, there's bookings, there's, I don't know. It's all kind of, you know. But um, yeah, I guess, um, I guess the advice that I had early on that I, that I would give is to try a bunch of different stuff. And so, you know, there's so many different branches of magic. Like we talked about the different sizes of close-up, parlor, stage. There's even, there's mentalism, which is its whole own branch, which is like mind reading type tricks. Yes. Um, I saw that on America's Got Talent. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You did. Yeah, that's right. And it's like, it's very different. It's kind of its whole own thing. So around that, and even just like within close-up magic there's cards there's coins there's rubber bands there's ropes there's you know there's so many different things um so i guess the advice i would have is like try a lot of different stuff but you know don't be afraid to like move on from a thing if it doesn't work for you so like early on i thought like mentalism was just so cool and great and i thought that was gonna be like a thing thing. i was gonna pursue Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't like I didn't, okay. it just didn't suit me as a performer. And this was something I had to kind of try for a while and read a bunch of tricks and like try to learn them and try to do them and just like not really feel them until I kind of like got my footing in cards, which is like what I do. So that's, um, but that being said, the other piece of advice that I have, which is a little cliche, but super, super true is practice all the time. So <laughs> you just mm-hmm. got to practice so much when you're new. Um, yeah. Because it's a se- it's like learning to play an instrument. There's so much physicality mm-hmm. to like handling and stuff. Um, 
and you know uh, towards that make recordings of yourself practicing and see how it looks because it is a visual art form you know stuff like this um find friends who will let you do stuff on them uh which okay. that was thin i mean my mom my mom has seen so many terrible card tricks that i've been like <laughs> working on you know so maybe family members a good candidate they can't <laughs> they have to see it um <laughs> You okay know. i like that i like that but yeah it's just you know and I, I guess my last piece is just like don't get discouraged because magic is hard but you yeah. know you just keep working at it and there's different things so if something like is not clicking try something different because there's a lot of parts of magic that are that are all really cool and good so there you go yeah, yeah. That's it. what great advice i love that yeah. thank you so much good. for sharing yeah. that uh, it's just a friendly reminder. Tori is going to be at the Chicago Magic Lounge uh, November 4th through 11, uh, 7. November 4th through November 7th. Well, same thing. I was, was just, yeah. I was yeah, getting in that math. Right. Yeah, I was like yeah, 11, 7. Yeah. yeah, I was into, I was like trying to get into that math side that you were going on. I like on. it. Yeah. yeah, that was good. <laughs> you got it. Nailed it. Oh, man. Tori, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Yeah, this is and, awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, of course. What I always ask is before we end our episode, what are you going to casually do now, now that we're done with our interview? Right now? Well, I'm going to feed my cat, who you met, who's still cruising around down here. <laughs> okay. And then, um, I don't know, probably play some video games and then go to bed. Okay. I'm a regular person, too. Oh, Oops. I know. When you're not at the Magic Castle, you're killing it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, Mostly you're just... definitely, definitely killing in all the facets. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, I'll let you go. Uh, but just remember, anybody that's listening, please follow Tori Noquest. Can we get the, uh, there we go. We got hey, the handle up. Sassmetician. See, I got it that's this me. time. There we go. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. That was great. Got it. Because I, I added an E because I was like, sassamatician. And she's like, Well, because no. it's like a ma mathematician, right? There is another yeah. syllable in there. So it's, yeah. it's Hey, no, it's all right. Sometimes I need to practice, you know, I, I'm behind the yeah. microphone. And on top of right. it, I really appreciate anybody that was watching. I've like, I was trying to listen to you. My coaster got stuck twice. I think I splashed my face a minute. But I was just so excited to talk to you. I was like, I'm just so pumped. I didn't even notice. <laughs> I was just like talking. It was just we're good then. It. Hey, hey. And if you want to yeah. go for it, just um, follow the Casually Molly podcast, casually subscribe, yeah. listen. Tell me what episodes you loved. Obviously, your favorite's going to be Tori because she was great. Uh, but I'm going to let you casually feed your cat and play some video games, and we'll see everybody Thank later. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. <laughs>